she had tried to commit suicide three times. The last time that she attempted was a really close call. And I just asked her, I said, can you like imagine holding death in your hands? Like, what does it feel like to hold it in your hands? And she was like, it feels heavy and it's overwhelming and it's crushing and there's nothing but it. Um, I was like, can you imagine handing death to Jesus? I was like, his hands are open. Can you imagine just placing that thing in his hands? she said she could I was like that's awesome go ahead and do that and I asked her what does he want to give you in return just ask him the whole time she's still shaking and she gets quiet and she said me he wants to give me myself as soon as she said he's giving me myself she stopped shaking head to toe and peace just washed over her as Jesus gave her herself Welcome to Unquenchable, where we discuss all things biblical theology, listening prayer, and Christian living. Each week, we will share a discussion, an interview, or a story that will feed your spiritual curiosity, helping you to better understand the Bible and receive inner healing so you can grow in intimacy with Christ through prayer. We've been members of the same church for the last 20 years. This church is where we began to understand Jesus' teachings in light of his gospel of the kingdom and where spiritual disciplines began to make sense. In an earlier podcast, we talked about how Jen joining the prayer team at our church played a major role in our prayer journey. As I looked over where we were going next in our story, I realized I may need to back up a bit and share a bit about what was going on in our church when all of this was happening in our university. Let's talk a bit about prayer walking. The introduction to Jen's prayer booklet on prayer walking explains prayer walking in this way. When we prayer walk or pray on site with insight, all of our senses can contribute to a more acute understanding of the neighborhoods in which we walk. By asking, Father, what do you want for those who live in this place? We position ourselves to look for what God might be doing or what he might be ready to do. Our prayers can become an expression of God's heart. We even begin to understand his desires as we hear ourselves and one another pray. We start to see where we are as we begin to walk more slowly and deliberately. We endeavor to submit our imagination to God and begin to think about the lives within the buildings and imagine what would it look like if God's will was done in that place. We ask God to do and reveal something greater than we can see. We begin to ask God to do something greater than we've been able to do. But this takes patience. Prayer walking can feel like work. It can feel helpless and tiring, but neighborhood strongholds can be destroyed People of peace can be discovered, and our hearts can be softened towards God's desire. Our church began prayer walking around neighborhoods, and then, as we saw the fruit of it here in the United States, we felt led to bring prayer walking into other countries. In one trip, we took 35 members of our church to prayer walk around a certain section of the country where we're considering sending missionaries. Jen and I were among those 35. You might recall in episode one, Jen spoke about how she was having dreams that were coming true as we traveled through another country. Well, that's the same trip. This trip of 35 was the culmination of seven years of prayer walking around this country. One thing that was interesting about preparing to go on this trip was that when we set out to raise support, people couldn't get their minds around the fact that we were not going there to do anything. All that we were going to do was to pray on site with insight. Prayer was the work. And most would ask, why don't you just save a ton of money and just pray at home? I remember one person saying, I could get behind building an orphanage or something, but I can't get behind just going to pray. 
Another person said, I support you, but not what you're doing. But interestingly, the opposite was true when we were prayer walking through this country. Any confusion that came concerning our reason for visiting resulted in open doors. When we were asked what we were doing, we simply told them that we were praying for the prosperity of their country. And when it became clear that that was what we were really doing, they felt a mixture of confusion, but mostly honor as they realized that we flew thousands of miles to pray for them. In fact, on one trip, one of our pastors was taken before the president of the country, and when he explained what we were doing, the president actually gave our pastor his blessing to keep visiting and praying as much as he wanted. At first, it was actually hard for me to pray blessing without judgment, but over time I realized that Jesus didn't come to judge, but to give life, John 3.17, and so we too should come to bring life and not to judge. And by praying for them, we're asking for mercy and a quick path for the people of this country to be restored to proper relationship with God. At one point, I ended up in a conversation with Muslim students from other countries who were studying in the university there, and this led to them driving hours to meet with me to have what would end up being a four-hour conversation about Jesus. And even though I talked them through the Old Testament to the news showing that Jesus was the Messiah, and even got them to willingly agree that if Jesus was a prophet, that they should read the Gospels and do what they say, they actually thanked me for not trying to evangelize them. I suppose the most amazing thing about this entire trip was when we all came together to worship. As we stood there by the sea and worshiped in this land where there were virtually no other Christians, it was as though for that instant, something was made right. The light was shining in the darkness. Our God was the true and living God. And in the midst of our voices ringing out, it was as though the world was being brought back into his rule and his reign as though the glory of God was returning and filling the earth in places where it had long since dwelt. And as we prayed, it felt as though we were setting up a game of risk. You ever played this board game? It all begins with claiming countries, and you go and you place your armies around the countries, and sometimes it becomes evident that somebody really wants a country, and they begin placing so many armies there that the other players just decide to abandon the country entirely and look for another place to conquer. In the same way, it was as though every time we prayed, replacing an army and chipping away at the darkness in preparation for our team to arrive. In all, our church spent seven years prayer walking this country before we sent our first short-term missionaries and 10 years before we sent our first full-time missionary from our body. And of course, since dozens of our church members had already spent time praying on-site with insight there, we finally did launch our missionaries, which, by the way, were homegrown and already practicing prayer walking and radically showing Christ's love to their communities here in Lynchburg. They went out with our full support, and it was easy for everyone to contextualize how and where they were ministering because we've already been a part of that work. And as they ministered in that country, we stood in awe as they reported back all that God was doing. Fast forward a few years. As our church was growing in understanding and acceptance of listening and inner healing prayer, the leader of our prayer team was asked to lead what we call Prayer Team Sunday. And so he asked me to lead the whole congregation in a listening and inhaling prayer session similar to what I was doing on campus. This was a major jump for many in our congregation because while our prayer team was spending years growing in this, much of the rest of the congregation had little awareness of what we were actually learning and growing in. And then fast forward again a few months, word was spreading about how we had prayed for this country for seven years before sending our first missionaries. And so some of our missionaries were actually asked to lead a day of preparation for this year's international conference. And at the same conference, 
Out of all the churches worldwide that could have been chosen, our worship band was chosen to lead worship for this conference. So this caught the attention of a denomination, and they sent Fritz Dale, the former national director of our denomination, and at the time, the director of prayer mobilization, to see what kind of church produced these amazing servants of God. When Fritz arrived, he brought along Foy Bellier, who is the author of The Five Stones and the founder of Warrior Priest Ministries, an organization that focuses on discipling Christian leaders. When these two men prayed for us, they prayed with such authority. It was an authority that I'd never experienced before. And so when they told us the next step for us would be to attend an invitation-only conference in Tennessee called Word and Spirit, that was a gathering of pastors who were seeking to stand on the Word of God while remaining open to the work of the Spirit today, I knew that I was all in. So later in that year, when I went to the Word and Spirit conference, I was given five minutes to demonstrate how to listen in prayer corporately. But little did I know that that five-minute prayer session would lead to inner healing for four pastors and confirmation of the life change from a fifth. How about you? What's your experience with prayer walking? Have you experienced what it means to pray on-site with insight? Jesus said the Son can only do what he sees the Father doing in John 5, 19. In the same way, Jesus is calling us to listen with our hearts and minds so that we can only do what we see that God is doing around us. For apart from him, we can do nothing, John 15, 5. You might not be ready to fly across the world and pray for people in a country hostile to Christianity, but perhaps you could prayer walk right where you are. You may already be praying for your church and your community, but would you be willing to pray on-site with insight? Would you be willing to walk through and around your church, perhaps when no one's even around, and pray for God's work to happen unhindered? Or perhaps you can walk your neighborhood and ask God to protect and bless your neighbors. Even better, would you be willing to take the next step and ask God, Lord, would you show me what you want me to pray for my church and my neighbors? More and more, as you learn to pray on-site with insight, you'll find your heart in tune with the heart of God. And as your heart is tuned to God's heart, your prayers will be changed because you'll no longer be praying according to your limited perspective, but according to the will of God. Those who know us well know that we live life on mission. And we're often open to ministering on the fly as opportunities and needs arise. So we tend to have a lot of ministry initiatives and opportunities up and running all at once. It's not uncommon for our guests who stay with us to compare our house to a community center with a revolving door. So, for example, recently we had guests for the week, and among other things, we got to lead a Discovering Prayer class on Sunday. We prayed with overseas missionaries for discernment concerning adoption on Zoom on Tuesday. We led an on-campus prayer class for worship majors at Liberty University on Tuesday. We led the youth group on Wednesday at church. And we got to counsel with a mother and then pray through things with her troubled teen again on Zoom on Thursday. And we organized a church-wide prayer meeting on Saturday. And then Don taught the main lesson for the church's Sunday service. Mm -hmm. So what you may notice is that while some of these were related to Don's job as a student and family pastor, much of what we normally do every week is ministering to people outside of our body. And increasingly, many of my foreigner students are now pastors and missionaries and parachurch leaders, and they're actually reaching out to us and asking if we could train them up so that we can give them the tools to go back to their organizations and pray through things with people. Within the last few weeks, we've heard from Al, who's a pastor who is over a group of 15 pastors, and he asked us to help demonstrate what it is that we do for them so that perhaps they could experience healing on their own, in their own lives, and then filter what they're learning from us down to their congregations through their sermon application time and then through pastoral counseling. 
And I had a similar request through Andrew, who's a pastor in a small Southern Baptist church in Tennessee. And we heard from Christina, and she is over a group of eight traveling evangelists and musicians, and they travel from city to city over the whole summer, spreading the gospel and praying. And she asked us if we could mentor her group and equip them so they could more effectively minister as they're reaching out through open-air evangelism and friendship evangelism. So that's something we're going to be doing in July. Mm -hmm. And Leah Faith is a worship leader who travels with a well-known worship leader and evangelist who said that although her group practices Sozo method of listening prayer, she's found that our approach is more gentle and grounded in Scripture, and she's asked us how she can go deeper so that she can grow in her abilities to pray through things with others and so she can teach her team to pray through things with others as well. So here's what she said in a Facebook post just a couple weeks ago. There was this girl who asked for prayer, and she told us that she had tried to commit suicide three times, and that the last time that she attempted was a really close call. And she had told us that she had been sexually abused um, several times. And as she was talking, she literally, like, it felt like she was vibrating, like she was shaking so badly. I've never quite seen anything like it. Um, you could just tell she didn't want this and she wanted freedom. And it was so sad. Like you just feel the trauma ricocheting through her being. And so we were praying and I just really got this sense that like she was like cherishing death. Like I could just see her like holding it close to her heart. And I asked her, I just kind of let her through some stuff. If you guys have never worked with the loves, Jen and Dawn, they have a ministry called pray through it and they've taught me so much about how to help walk people through inner healing prayer and deliverance in a really gentle and sweet way and so i just started doing some of that with her contact them if you ever want to because they're amazing and they've changed my life and how i do ministry you know i told her what i, what I was feeling about death and she agreed you know she's nodding and shaking and um i just asked her i said can you like imagine holding that thing in your hands like what does it feel like to hold it in your hands. And she was like, it feels heavy and it's overwhelming and it's crushing and there's nothing but it. And I was like, okay. I was like, now I want you to imagine Jesus standing in front of you. And just, I walked her through, like, what does the Bible say he's like? And I just said, can you, if you can, I said, if not, it's okay. Um, Cause you never want to force people. <laughs> um, I was like, can you imagine handing death to Jesus. I was like, his hands are open. Can you imagine just placing that thing in his hands? And she said she could. I was like, that's awesome. Go ahead and do that. And I asked her, I said, what does it feel like to let go of death? Just for a moment, what does it feel like to let go of that thing? And she said, I know this is cliche, but it feels lighter. It feels so much lighter. And I said, you know, Jesus never leaves us empty handed. So what does he want to give you in return? Just ask him. The whole time she's still shaking. And she gets quiet and she said, me? He wants to give me myself. As soon as she said, he's giving me myself, she stopped shaking head to toe and peace just washed over her as Jesus gave her herself back. This is huge because the devil comes to steal, kill and destroy. And self-hatred is demonic. So we just led her through some prayer of like, just binding the enemy, cutting off the lies. Because oftentimes we give space for those lies, you know? Like we believe, like um, her abuser had told her the only way she could ever get through this was suicide. And if she's believed that, she's coming to agreement with a demonic lie. And so I think sometimes we think it's like gotta be this huge ordeal, but literally just saying like, Jesus, I break agreement with the lie that I have to kill myself. And we literally let her through that and peace was washing all over her. 
afterwards we asked her we're like how do you feel she was like i feel so much better so much better i was never gonna come up with jesus wants to give you yourself back ever but when we take someone to jesus and just say hey this is what he's like we bind the voice of the enemy when we bind our flesh what's he saying to you right now that's where healing and breakthrough comes in he has the words of life and oftentimes he does give them to us i'm not saying don't go after the prophetic but sometimes it's just as simple as describing what jesus is like and then asking people i mean what's he saying to you and if you need prayer i'm gonna tag the loves in this post um like i said their ministry is life-changing and life-giving and has changed how i do ministry and so i would encourage you if you need prayer or if you want training in leading people through this kind of stuff reach out to them they are incredible like the Apostle Paul says, we have no greater joy than to see our children walking in truth. Similarly, as we see those who have attended our conferences and trainings leading others, there's no greater joy. If you're catching the vision for what we are sharing in this podcast, you'll be excited to hear that God is calling us to minister more broadly to the church by helping pastors, prayer leaders, small group leaders, and individuals to lead others to experience inner healing and intimacy with Christ through prayer. And admittedly, this is a big leap of faith as this is completely new territory for us. So what we really would like for you to do is pray. As I was praying a couple weeks ago about this transition, I got the sense the Lord was saying, get ready. And as I pictured this, I pictured a roller coaster as it clicked up the top of the first big drop and I started to get excited and I was like, yes, Lord, I'm ready. But then it was as though the Lord was looking at me seriously and saying, no, I mean, get ready. Be sober-minded. Be like a pilot who goes through his checklist before a flight. And so these words have stuck with me as we prepare for this transition, and I don't think God's preparing us for tragedy, but that he wants us to realize the seriousness of the kind of work we're getting ready to do in this pray through it full-time ministry. So please pray that we'll do our part as we get ready, whatever that means. We're still trying to figure that out and that we don't get in our own way. So far, we believe that God is calling us to start out with what we know best leading listening and inner healing prayer sessions, events and trainings, and designing training curriculum, but just doing this full time. So if you've been inspired as you've heard these stories and believe in the mission that God is calling us to, perhaps you're at the point where you're feeling God leading you to partner with us and help multiply out what we're doing. Perhaps you're at the place where you already feel led to support us financially, so go to praythroughit.com forward slash give and help us multiply out this work through your one-time or even better monthly support. Either way, we'd love to talk to you one-on-one -on -one to see how our team can help you where you are. So email us at drlove at praythroughit.com. Or maybe you're simply becoming unquenchably thirsty for more. We are already beginning to set our calendars for fall 2021, and so we'd love to hear from you as we fill and finalize our conference schedule. Just let us know where you're from and what we can do to help your church family, prayer group, or small group. So join us next week when we'll continue our story and hear about what happened when I first led listening prayer before a group of pastors at the Word and Spirit Conference in Tennessee. We'll even hear from several of the pastors whose lives are affected by what happened as a result of that short prayer session. See you next week. Did you know that we often lead listening and inner healing prayer retreats and trainings? Who do you know that would benefit from these? Check us out at praythroughit.com slash events to see when we are going to be in your area. And if you don't see what you're looking for, email Dawn at drlove at praythroughit.com to discuss how we can minister to your family and friends. Unquenchable is a ministry of Pray Through It Ministries. To learn more about us and our ministry, check us out at praythroughit.com.